0: The Bible has a lot to say about holiness, but I'm just going to give you a few scriptures. Go with me to Romans chapter 12, and I'm just going to read to you real quick verses 1 and 2. Uh, Verse 1, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. So think about this. If there's an acceptable sacrifice to God, there's an unacceptable sacrifice. God doesn't just accept whatever you give Him. We have to be uh, in obedience to exactly what the Bible says. And everything that I'm talking about is based on the New Testament. We don't have to sacrifice animals for our salvation anymore. Jesus was our sacrifice once for all time. But we still have to work out our salvation with fear and with trembling by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, And so the Bible says this is truly the way to worship Him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And so we could see how the, the Bible tells us in these in these verses that uh, we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And we're to give our bodies as a living sacrifice for Jesus. Now go over with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 And this is going to this is gonna deal with who you are in Christ Because that's how, as a Christian, we're supposed to approach everything We're not sinners saved by grace We were sinners and now we're saved by grace So how do you live a holy life That Jesus told us to be holy as I am holy If you think, as a Christian, that that's impossible Well, I, I challenge you to change the way you think Because Jesus would never command us to do something That was impossible for us to do. We can only do it by His strength, by His power, by crucifying the flesh. So it's not impossible, but it does require that we crucify our flesh and that we walk in the Spirit. But how do you do that? Romans chapter 8, verse 1. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. So if you belong to Christ, if you're a born again Christian, There's no longer any condemnation for your past sins. They're forgiven. They're done. As long as you have repented, but you have a responsibility now to live to the standard of holiness that Christ expects from us. And again, that's that's not possible in willpower. That's not possible to just make up your mind. I'm not going to live in sin anymore. That's not possible that way. The only way it's possible is for you to live uh, as a as an offering of sacrifice. Your 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 whole body. As a as a instrument to live pleasing to God, and um, you know some examples of that would be uh, how how do you treat your body? Do you treat it as the temple of the Holy Spirit? Now I mean that in the sense of uh, how healthy you eat, how you take care of your body in that way, but also you know uh, what do you allow yourself to watch? What how do you allow yourself to speak? What do you allow yourself to think on? All these things tie into uh, being a living sacrifice for Christ. We don't allow ourselves as Christians to just watch anything that the rest of the world is entertained by. We don't allow ourselves to listen to just anything. Um, and, and that's not us saying, you know, we're better than everybody else. No, but Christ has called us to live to the standard that He, the example that He set for us. Um, and on top of that, especially. Uh, you know, looking at pornography or having premarital sex as Christians. Sex, uh, sex is supposed to be um, uh, it's between a man and a woman saved between their marriage. Premarital sex is a sin, according to the Bible. And any sex outside of a man and a woman in the context of marriage is a sin, according to the Bible. And so we have to live to the standard of, of holiness that Christ gave us the example of. And so um when it comes to living as a, as a, as you're giving your bodies as a sacrifice, the Bible continues on in, in Romans eight, verse two. And because you belong to him, the power of the life giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So nobody can say that it's impossible to live without sin. Now you have to, you have to do your part to crucify your flesh because the desires of your flesh are never going to stop until the day comes where Jesus returns in the second coming and pulls the church out of here. That's the only time you, the desires of your flesh will no longer be a problem. But until that happens, as long as you live in this physical body on this earth, you will have to deal with your flesh. You, And if you don't deal with your flesh, if you don't crucify it, then <clears throat> the chances are basically a hundred percent that you will fail To live in holiness doesn't mean it's not possible and you shouldn't you shouldn't feel condemnation about what I just said but it should give you kind of a kind of a a light bulb to say oh that's why I'm struggling to live for God that's why I'm struggling with this it's not because it's not possible it's because I'm doing it wrong and that should give you some hope but instead of just telling you that that you're doing it wrong I want to tell you how to uh, help you how to do it right and so Since it says that because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So the blood of Jesus broke the power of sin. You can go read about it in Romans chapter 6. He broke the power of sin. (coughs) Excuse me, I shouldn't have started smoking. Just kidding. The Apostle Paul said, sin will no longer have dominion over you. That's what the Apostle Paul said. And so the blood of Jesus completely broke the power of sin. All we That doesn't mean that sin won't still try to tempt you. Sin tried to tempt Jesus. Satan tempted Jesus, and Jesus came against him with the word every single time. We have to do the same thing. So sin, just because sin no longer has power over you, doesn't mean that sin just says, okay, I, I, I give up now. I'm not going to mess with them anymore. The temptation to sin will still come against you, but temptation in and of itself is not sin. What you have to do is when that temptation comes, whatever the temptation is, sexual temptation, lust, greed, I mean, you can go on down the list of temptations. When those temptations come at you, you have the power of the Holy Ghost and the power of the word of God in your spirit, man, to resist it in the name of Jesus. And it's only by his name that we can resist it. Now, Now, verse three, the law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body just like the bodies that we have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. So Jesus is why we now have power over sin. Through his death, burial, and resurrection from the dead, sin's power is completely broken. But it's up to us to say no to sin by the power of his spirit. Um, and in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Verse 4, he did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead we follow the spirit. So the sinful nature still has urges, still wants to, to pull you off course, still wants to get you distracted, still wants to pull you into sin. That's all your flesh wants to do. Your flesh does not want to please God. So, <clears throat> how how do you how do you win the war against your flesh if you're stuck in this physical body from now until Jesus comes back, or if you die before that happens and you you know your physical body goes to the grave, your spirit goes to heaven? How do you how do you uh, master your flesh? How do you how do you get this thing under the control of your spirit on a daily basis? Well, stay in the word first of all. Pray in the Holy Ghost. If you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit and the evidence of speaking in other tongues, I don't just recommend it, it's a command from the word of God. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. All you have to do is ask God, "Lord, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit," just like Jesus talked about in Luke chapter 3 verse 16. He said, "I will baptize you," or actually it's John the Baptist saying it. The one coming after the, after me is stronger than I am, mightier than I am. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So Jesus is the one who introduces the Holy Spirit. So I strongly recommend uh, that you do what the Bible says to be filled. Just ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, and he will do it. But uh, let me reread this verse again. He did this, Romans 8, 4, He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead we follow the Spirit. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit <clears throat> and being able to speak with other tongues is what helps us, gives us a power to be a witness for Jesus, but also a supernatural advantage, if you will, to crucify our flesh. Uh, verse 5, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. Okay, so now we're dealing with the mind. Now we're dealing with your thoughts. For some of you guys out there, maybe some girls too. You see, it, You're single. You see op- the opposite sex, and your mind starts to go places, and you you think about certain parts of the body, and you just your mind just starts running. Don't act like you haven't done it before. I'm a, I'm a before I was married, I was single, obviously. I used to, I used to look at girls and I used, you know, I'm a dude. What do you want, you know? That's I'm not saying it was okay. I'm saying that's what the flesh does. And some people the this the same sex, homosexuality, lesbianism, temptation wants to pull you into sin. There's different types of sin. But the bottom line is the only way to gain mastery over that, first of all, giving your life to Jesus. You don't have power over sin without giving your life to him. But then as a Christian, you have to put your flesh under. And, and I'll teach you more about how to do that in just a moment. But those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. Okay? So how your thoughts go, how you allow your thoughts to go, is what causes your sinful nature or your spirit to be in the lead. But those who are let, controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the spirit. Okay, so so both things, uh, your thoughts are what determine either one. So we could see here that if we want to, if we want to be led by the Spirit, if we want to live by the Spirit, and those types of things, live in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, the way that Jesus told us to do, it begins with your thoughts, how you think. Now, <clears throat> here's a quick little key. I'm not saying I've mastered this, but I've found that it it, it works for for me really well and a lot of other people at the beginning of your day when if you have your coffee if you're not a morning person i'm not a morning person so i have i need to have my coffee get my thoughts together a little bit and then i you know do what i have to do my my morning routine if you want to call it that for kind of getting my thoughts in order but the way the way that i do that is just not in my own strength I give my day to the Lord. I say, Father, I thank you for this day. I give this day to you. I I want to be led by your spirit. I I begin to get in the Bible and renew my mind because it's a new day. Renewing your your mind is a daily thing. And the reason reason that I kind of have my, I don't know, my devotion time with God in the morning is because I feel like it, it sets the pace for the rest of my day. Uh, it, 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 if you do your, it doesn't matter what time of the day you do your devotion. It really doesn't matter as long as you do it, because everybody has different circumstances. You might be a single parent. You might be, I don't know, uh, living in a college dorm room or something where you're where you're always with other people, so it's difficult to get away. But uh, the point is, do your devotion daily, no matter what time it is. But for me, I do it in the morning so I can order my thoughts for this reason right here. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So if you want to be controlled by the Holy Spirit and not your flesh, order your thoughts in the way of things that please the Spirit. Uh, Verse 6, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. That's pretty plain and simple. If you let your sinful nature control your mind, that will lead to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. So that's not automatic. Letting the Spirit control your mind is not an automatic thing. <clears throat> if you if you don't press into the things of God, and I, what I mean by that is you don't pray every day. Uh, you don't pray in the Holy Ghost. You don't get into your Word. You don't go to church every week. If you're not pressing into God daily, then by default... You're, you are allowing your flesh to kind of take the lead. You're allowing your flesh to dominate your spirit. And you have to be the one to say, no, I'm going to order my life the way that the Spirit wants me to order my life. I don't care how how uh, challenging that might be at first. I don't really care what the, what the obstacles are. I'm going to do what I have to do to make sure that the Holy Spirit is... Uh, controlling my mind. Now, that, like I said, that's not automatic. The reason I point that out is because this verse kind of makes it sound like all you have to do is say, Holy Spirit, control my mind. That's not the way it works. The Holy Spirit gives us the power, the supernatural power necessary to bring our flesh under. and say, no, I make the decision to renew my mind to the Word of God and obey God. You have to have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you to be able to do that. That's why you have to be saved. Now, I want, to, I want to make this perfectly clear before I go any further. Just, if you don't speak in tongues yet as a Christian, it doesn't mean you don't have the Holy Spirit living in you. All it means is you have not yet received the overflow of the Holy Spirit. The, over, the the evidence of the overflow of the Holy Spirit is tongues, just like spoken of in Acts chapter 2 and verse 4. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So it's a a separate experience from salvation. But I just wanted to make that clear. Uh, Can you make it to heaven without speaking in tongues? Yes. The scripture doesn't say otherwise. But you will not be operating in the power that Jesus told us we can operate with as his disciples on the earth without that. And so I'm going to let that lay where it is and move on. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Verse 7, For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. Remember that verse. I'm going to read it again to you, Romans 8, 7. For the sinful nature is always hostile to, to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. So you can't trust your your flesh ever. You cannot trust your flesh. There, there There's never a point where your flesh is going to say, You know what? I like your consistency in the Spirit, so I'm just going to be neutral here and... And I I, I like uh, I like what you're doing. I'm just gonna I, I'm gonna side with your spirit, and we're just gonna work together forever. Now, never gonna happen. Your flesh does not want to obey God. <clears throat> so, verse eight. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. <clears throat> That's talking about people who have never given their life to Jesus. If you if you've never given your life to Jesus, you have no chance to. Uh, to, to say, you don't have the power to say no to sin. It's not possible. Why do you think so many people that are not born again, uh, they try to quit alcohol, they try to quit drugs, and they qu- they fail time and time and time again. They might be sober for a few months or even a couple of years just in their own uh, making up their mind to do it. But eventually, most of them fall back into it. Uh, and and there's more sins than just drugs and alcohol, but the the, the point is... The reason why they fail, and even some Christians fail at this, is because they don't allow their spirit man to dominate, and they also don't renew their mind to what the Bible says of who they are in Christ. There's no addiction in Christ, except for the addiction of the goodness of God. There's no fear in Christ. There's no condemnation in Christ. There's None of the things that this world struggles with are, are in Christ. And so as a new creation... If you're a born-again Christian, the Bible says you're a new creation. Your old life, dead, gone, never going to come back. Jesus said he doesn't remember it anymore, so quit letting it hang over your head. And, of course, I'm paraphrasing, but that's what he said. But verse 8, that's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. Um, verse 9, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. Now it's talking to you, born-again Christian. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. So if you're born again, you've given your life to Jesus, you've repented of sin, now you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. Now you have the power to say no to sin. Now you have the power of God to say no to sin. And remember, those that... And those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. And Christ lives within you. Verse 10. So even though your body will die because of sin, the spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. Verse 11. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. Verse 12. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation. Very important verse right here. You have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. <clears throat> so when your sinful nature, let's say you let depression kind of have an impact on you for a, for a, a little bit. it come, Things come against us. Don't act like they don't. When depression tries to come, and all of a sudden you you, you you feel that depression, your thoughts start going that way, you start looking at all your challenges, and you feel bad, you feel depressed, you feel the things you feel, you start thinking, man, it should be nice to have a drink of alcohol, it should be nice to smoke some weed, I've never smoked weed before, I've smelled it, I can't get past the the how bad it smells, so even you know, even during a time where I wasn't walking close with God, I still wasn't tempted to smoke weed. It just stinks. However, some people have, and that's a strong temptation for them or, or any type of drug. You know, I, at one time I was addicted to painkillers, not because I had pain in my body, but because I was depressed. And so things happen, things come against you. And so the temptation is to reach for something to, to kind of, uh, numb your senses, we'll put it that way, to kind of numb the sense your senses or distract you or whatever the case is. But the problem with that is, number one, w- what kind of harm is it bringing to your body? But also, uh, it- it's robbing you of the victory that Jesus has already put on the inside of you. So those things are going to come against you. Plan on it. But you can also plan that you have victory no matter what tries to come against you. If God is for you, what can be against you? It doesn't matter if all the, the, the entire uh, demonic realm lines up against you today. In Christ, you're untouchable. It's up to you. It really is because you have the sword of the Spirit. You have all of the armor of God, according to Ephesians chapter 6. You have all the armor of God at your disposal to do put that armor on to keep it on to speak the word to to resist the temptation to sin to resist the the devil to resist his works and um but it's up to you to stand on what the bible says to stand your ground on his word you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do for if you live by its dictates you will die but if through the power of the spirit listen to this part very important but if through the power of the spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature you will live for all who are led by the spirit of god are children of god so if you're born again through christ you are a child of god so the powerful thing about these verses is it says if you live by the dictates of your flesh you will live but if through the power of the spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature you will live. So it's only through the power of the spirit. The Holy Spirit gives you the power to put the put, to put the deeds of your sinful nature to death. So the temptation comes and the Holy Spirit says, "No, I'm going to give you a, a grace and a power. I've already given it to you to access and use against the the power of of the temptation of sin. And to resist that right now in the name of Jesus. So if it's pornography, if it's lust, if it's, uh, you know, um, premarital sex with your boyfriend or girlfriend, if it's homosexuality, if if it's uh, what else can I name? Drug addiction, alcohol addiction, all kinds of temptations people deal with. And they're Christians and they don't know how to they don't know how to uh, uh, win the struggle. We'll put it like that. This is how to win the struggle is realize greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Your the Holy Spirit in you is the power. You have to use the power and resist it in the name of Jesus. You might have to. Do, it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't work just because you say, I resist this in Jesus name. I give it over to you, Lord, and I thank you for the strength. That's a good thing to say. But you have to be persistent sometimes because the temptation to sin can be very persistent especially with sexual urges, especially with drug addictions, alcohol addictions. Those addictions can be very strong sometimes. And when you're trying to break free of those things, they can be very persistent. So you have to make up your mind to be more persistent, to say, no, that's been broken off of me in the name of Jesus. It's, it's, it's destroying my body. It's destroying my mind. Whatever the case is, I resisted in the name of Jesus. And you have to be persistent. But the Holy Spirit gives you the power to never give up Uh, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him. Abba, Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Now, the suffering is persecution, has nothing to do with uh, anything else. The suffering is the persecution we have to endure as Christians because people hate Jesus. They hate God. They hate the Bible. They hate all this stuff. But that doesn't matter because the bottom line is God put his spirit on the inside of you and I want to tell you whoever you are whatever whatever struggle you might be facing your struggle ends today if you make if you make it a point to put these things into into action that the bible talks about put it into action to put the word into your spirit man put it into action to renew your mind to what the Bible says about who you are in Christ think about yourself the way that God thinks about you He doesn't see you as trash. He doesn't see you as as uh, uh, something weak. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. As a born again Christian, he sees you as his child. He sees you in Christ. Now, if you're living in sin, you need to repent. You know, just because there's no condemnation, you know, there's a conviction that comes with the truth of God's word. And when you get convicted of sin, you need to repent and turn to Jesus. He's ever ready to forgive you. He's faithful to forgive you. But our responsibility once we've repented is to turn. Repentance isn't just asking for forgiveness to help us feel better. Repentance is turning around and going the other way. And saying, in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Ghost, I will never go back to that sin again. And you have to make up your mind. To uh, to to trust the power of God to help you to repent, go the other way, and keep it under the control of your spirit, man, and live holy. Live, holiness is the key to uh, to to living in a way that pleases God. Holiness is the key to the anointing. Holiness is the key to walking in the power of God. Holiness is the key to 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 uh, everything in your walk with God, and it is. Not, po- not just possible, it's commanded. It's commanded to live holy. But it's only possible with the power of God. I pray that this has blessed you today. If it has, leave a comment below. Let me know if you have questions. Put them in the comments below. I'll do my best to help you. You can also contact me via Instagram. But I love you guys. God bless you. And I'll see you on the next video.